Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 272 of We Podcast and We Know Things, where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me, as almost always, the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matura. Everyone can relax. Elden Ring is upon us. And I'll tell you, on a week that Elden Ring releases... It's kind of a slower new. We're, I shouldn't say slower. It's back to a normal pace. It's per- and, and, and Greg, it's perfect. We had two two hour pods in out of like the last three, so we're we're due for a nice short and sweet one this week. And an interview sandwiched in between. <laughs> so like, I don't even know if this is gonna be a short one, but I'll tell you, not having to do forty stories and research all this stuff, it felt good this week. I have admittedly done dick for research this week <laughs> because I feel really confident. In what we're going to talk about outside of one movie story, because I have no idea who the hell Fred Hexinger is, Heckinger is. So outside of that, I feel good. But we got a big show for you tonight in terms of content, because we got our picks of the week, our trivia, eight and a half for me, five and a half for Sam. Like Sam mentioned, Elden Ring is out. So when he takes over in gaming, uh, he's got Elden Ring stuff. Capcom, that mystery timer hit zero. What did we get out of it? We'll talk about it. And we're going to stem our top three from that announcement that hit when that timer ended. Uh, We got a Pokemon presents hitting on Pokemon day that Pokemon hasn't even tweeted out yet or Nintendo. I think it might happen tomorrow and it just leaked a day early. We will see. So the day you're hearing this, so we're getting a presents on a Sunday. So to me, that means temper your expectations. I, I'll talk about that when we get there. Go we get it. Go in with nothing. We'll be fine. We got our first look at PSVR 2, a Call of Duty story. Uh, we got some potential new details on Project Spartacus, which is PlayStation's Game Pass potential competitor. And we even have a listener question that I plan on answering. But before that, we'll start in TV where we got our Peacemaker spoiler cast. Been waiting a long time for this one. Oh, my God. It's we got a lot time. to say. Oh, but it, it was... I'll, I'll let's just wait wait till we get there. I don't even want to get started. Yes, yes. We will wait because we've waited long enough. So what's another few minutes before we talk about Peacemaker? So full spoilers on that one. You'll uh if you don't want the spoilers, the time codes will be in the episode description for you to skip right over that segment because you're gonna stay in TV because we got Ozark news, we got Fallout TV series casting news for the first time, and a giant director who just had a billion dollar hit might be making his way to Star Wars. So we'll talk what that means. Uh, In movies, we have some Craven the Hunter news, some Flash news, some Tom Brady news. Yes, I said that correctly. And that big giant billion dollar film I was just referring to got a release date for digital and Blu-ray and even a live action movie for an anime series that Sam, I know, is very excited for. And that one's not even a note, so I really do look forward to what it is. It's, we're going to talk about it as the last story in movies, so I have that one. Um, I, I added it after I emailed you the rundown. So that is episode 272, everybody. I can't wait to get started on the news, but let's start where we customarily do with our picks of the week. So me and Kelly had a date night the other night, so went to the movies. There was a couple good movies out. Which one did I pick? Uncharted? I saw... Jackass forever. Mm. I'm happy I, I, that is your answer. I, I think I, I had to. Like again, it could have been on chart. There were times were perfect. I was like, you know what? I owe it to Jackass. I feel like we grew up, we grew up with half these guys. Like we we've been there from the CKY days from day one. And I just felt like I, I had to see this one first. It was I think it was the the single handedly best reviewed Jackass they ever did. I believe it's 
86% of Rotten Tomatoes, directed, as always, by Jeff Tremaine, who directed everything. Um, Again, it's I think this is the first one Steve-O did sober. I'm pretty sure everything else he's kind of been on, you know, yeah. we all know Steve-O's past, but... I, I don't remember when Jackass 3 happened. I know I saw it in theater, so it had to have been at least a decade ago. Yeah, I mean, he, he definitely doesn't hold back. I mean, Greg, the... <laughs> The shit that some of these guys do, like I always, say, I think back in that quote, to analyze that. It's like, oh, what a day for my balls! Like <laughs> I, I just thought about that quote. Like this is absolutely brutal. I, I don't think that they could. I don't know if they could top this ever. Just what they did, just their ages of what Knoxville did, and kind of they have like a lot of callbacks from some of like their first stunts that was on the first Jackass that they kind of like reinterpret now. You know, we got our favorites, you know, Dave England, Pontius, Steve-O, Knoxville, Preston Lacey, Wee Man. A lot of the new guys, uh, I, I didn't know this guy, Jasper. Um, the only guy I did know was Zach Holmes. I did see a lot of his YouTube videos of kind of taking like a motorbike and like, off a jump and just a lot of crashes. He was in, in a lot of shit. Um, they had, um, they, you definitely watched all the end credits because there's a lot of bloopers, little skits. And at the very end, they had a nice, like a little... Um, Ryan Dunn a uh, little tribute at the very end it was a real class act by them uh, you had um, Bam Margera he was in I th- only one stunt you actually had a cameo by Raekwon which I, I was it, it was back in the CKY days in the end of the film I, I thought that was awesome but I, I thought this was great I think you laughed the entire film uh, and it was a quick one it was only an hour and a half so you're not there long they only had 10 million budget they already made over 60 million so it's good to see that they're still making money the guys are still crazy as hell so if you need a laugh just hard r and if you're a guy this one will it it, like physically hurt me but i I think you'll have a blast make sure you check out jackass forever that's a perfect pick of the week for some of the things going on in our world right now if you do need a reset and a break Mm -hmm. um our hearts go out to those affected so yeah, a perfect pick of the week for you, especially if you kind of need a laugh and all this kind of yeah. craziness that is happening in the world today. God help us. I will say uh, for my pick of the week, before I get to it, I just really, I just thought of something. Remember last week on the pod, we broke the news early on in the show about Majora's Mask coming to Switch Online's release date. Yeah. Yeah. Why the frig did Nintendo pick the 25th, the same day Elden Ring comes out? Like, I know uh, you have to I, release it in February. Yeah. But like, why wouldn't of you just shadow space. drop it? It's a 20-year-old yeah. game. It's not like you got to do... Uh, that is weird to me, how they waited this long. And they said, you know, there's nothing coming out on the 25th. <laughs> there's not. There's not going to be the game of the year that's basically everyone proclaiming it to me already. Yeah, the, nah, they would have either... Any title. <laughs> be fine. We'll be fine. It'll small, be fine. Small. This is fine. <laughs> they chose... They could have chosen the day Horizon came out or the day Elden Ring came out. Guys, there's two other weekends in February you could have dropped. Or, or, or that just shows you, like, the, the, the zero fucks that Nintendo gives. For real. They, they Hey, Lay, they have said very explicitly that they do not see PlayStation or Xbox as their competitor. I mean, that just shows you right there. They don't give a shit. Well, I, I mean, yeah. You're like, hey, well, let's just shadow, like, release this game same day as the number one game that everyone's going to be talking about. And that's I, all I, I see on yeah, Twitter. And I guarantee, me too. And I guarantee 20% of my feed tomorrow is still going to be Majora's Mask over the 80% that'll be like, it's insane that Nintendo. It'll be, it'll be Elden, 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 Chris Shriver, Elden, Elden, Shriver. <laughs> like, that's what my timeline is going to be. Uh, my pick of the week um, it's a fake out. I would say that it's Better Call Saul, 
because my wife and I finally, she finally agreed to start watching it and we are very good. We're a good way into it. We do like two episodes a night, but that's not my pick of the week because it's what I do after we turn off better call Saul and go to bed. I watch breaking bad <laughs> uh, every night after she goes to sleep. I turn on my switch and I play Pokemon legends Arceus until I fall asleep. And I mean, until the switch is in my hands and I'm snoring. Um, Jesus. I am so happy to report because Pokemon Legends Arceus, to be clear, is my pick of the week. I am so happy to report. I have 100% completed Jesus. the game. 100%. Take a guess at how many hours. Now, I'm not talking until I rolled credits. I mean, I went back, completed the post game, and I'll get into what 100% means. 93 hours. 86. So very, very close. So 86 Damn. and a half hours. I have 100% completed the Pokedex entries for all 242 Pokemon, including Arceus. So for the first time in my life, I caught, I have an Arceus. Um, and completing their decks does not mean just catching it. It means you have to actually do a bunch of tasks to get it to level, to research level 10. That means defeating a bunch or catching a bunch or using a certain move a bunch or whatever. It varies Pokemon to Pokemon. So it's pretty neat in that aspect. So I've done that for all 242 available to me. That means catching all 28 unknown that are hidden around the entire five worlds. That means catching all 107 little flame wisps that are hidden throughout the world to get Spiritomb. So I did those. I have, uh, I even went and caught and did the research for Shaman and Darkrai, the two bonus Pokemon that you get for free if you have Sword and Shield and uh, Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl save data on your Switch. So I, I have those two uh, special end up Pokemon. I did all 27 main missions. I did all 94 side quests. I When I rolled credits, when I rolled credits at 65 hours, I had 90 of the 94 side quests done. You want to talk about a game that sucked me in that I want to do the side quests more than the missions? By the time I rolled credits, I had 90 of the 94 fucking side quests done. So, so it was like Ghost, where you do legit most of the side quests while this you're beating the main Sam, game. this would be your favorite Pokemon game besides Red and Blue. Because you sure. are like me. You love the side quest. You love the exploration. You love that. Okay? I've caught every Pokemon. I've arranged them in my boxes exactly the way I normally do. You know, uh, I caught... 30, 60, 90, 110 alphas. So I'm some of those are duplicates, but like the big ones with the big glowing red eyes. So I have those. I have the shiny charm. I did everything you could possibly do in this game, except for like maxing out the decks, which Ryan Cunningham was very quick to point out to me that I did not do. Bro, that would take me another 200 hours. I'm not doing it. Oh my God. And last night after I got the shiny charm, I even found a random shiny in the overworld. For the first time, I found a random Tangrowth, Tangela's evolution, just chilling never, in the wild. Never even knew Tangela had an evolution. Just chilling. In, he got There's one. In, more weed. He got There's one in Gen. Weed. Yeah, he got. It is. It's a bigger. Tang, it's a bigger Tangela. Uh, he got one in Generation Four in Diamond and Pearl, and it's oh big God. and it's green and I love it so much. And I don't even like Tangrowth, but it's shiny, so I love it. I have done everything you can possibly do in this game. So now. Basically, all I'm doing is shiny hunting now. That's there's a couple different ways you can shiny so, hunt. So, so it's shiny hunting or or DLC. Um, That's it. Oh, or wait for DLC to come. 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So maybe, maybe this direct, maybe you're hoping for a little bit. Oh, I have zero expectations, but we will get to it. Maybe they will surprise us, but I don't think for a month old game, they're going to drop DLC. That, that maybe like a free little small thing, but I don't think. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying something crazy, but just a yeah. little something that, you know, what your beak. But this game, I, I will go back on top of what I said in my impressions. Now that I have more than just what did I have, I don't even remember what I had at the time that I you did a couple hours. Yeah. But now that I have 80, what did I say? 86 and a half. 86. And I've done everything you could possibly do. And I have money out the ass and that yeah, all the other stuff. Um, It's still not the best Pokemon game ever made. That's still, you know, fire red and leaf green to me. A lot of people think it's soul silver, heart gold, even platinum, emerald. I won't say that it's the best. But uh, it's the one that I'm sad that I am done it. And there's the problem with Legends Arceus is unlike other Pokemon games, there's a very low replayability. Like, what am I going to go do? Do it all over again? That doesn't make sense. In the games, at least you can pick a different starter and go through the gyms again. And there's like replayability in the other type of games where this one kind of like it's like Pokemon Snap. When you're done it, it's like. All right, I guess I could just play it again. And that's just not a thing. So what I will do to kind of sustain my love for the game is I'm going to get into the speedrun community for it, not run it myself. I don't have that patience. It's like a four and a half hour speedrun. I'm going to really study it and watch it and really get to learn it and just kind of understand some strats from a speedrun perspective. So it's definitely the most addicting Pokemon game ever made. There's just no doubt about it. I haven't had this much addiction to a Pokemon game since the original Pokemon Snap and multiplayer in Pokemon Stadium um, back on the 64. So it's just, it's everything I wanted in a game. It's so expansive, but but like structured and the things you can just find anywhere at any time. And like Ryan Cunningham found the giant alpha shiny Gliscor and he didn't have any healthy Pokemon. So he like stuck on a wall and kept throwing things at it until it caught. Like it was just the things you could do in it are just so different and wild and fun and it's just everything that i wanted in a different style of pokemon game that in terms of the side games like the non eight gen main games i would put it at the top right there with snap and stadium and i will say that uh i am sad that i'll never get to like experience it for the first time again there's nothing like going through it and hitting r throwing a ball on your own like it's it's wild how you do it. You can just catch Pokemon without entering into a battle. That's never happened before. It's crazy. So I love the game. I love everything about it. It's not a perfect game by any means, but I'm definitely in love with it. I cannot recommend it enough. It's already over 10 million copies sold. Like Jeez. jump on board if you own a Nintendo Switch. If you were looking to get back into Pokemon but don't want that old formula and you want something new, this is the game for you. If you ever wanted to shiny hunt, but you think it's too crazy because the odds are one in 4,000 to get a shiny. This game can lower those odds all the way down to one in 128. So you want to talk about ways to get good shinies easier. This is the type of game for you. If you want exploration, semi-open world, crafting, all that cool stuff. Pokemon Legends Arceus is a fantastic experience that I really hope you all get. That is my pick of the week. I mean, I had no, I still had no doubt that you would love this game. It's open world Pokemon. Yeah. You're gonna yeah. love it. Yeah, I, I would put it somewhere in the top five of my favorite Pokemon games of all time. I don't know where yet. It's definitely not above Fire Red and Leaf Green. That I'm a Kanto guy through and through. Like Gen One is, I'm not a Gen Oneer. Like it's not you my. Don't forget only, where you come from. Right. It's not my only Gen that I like. Like some people will only do Gen One. I still think Gen One is my favorite and the best. But I do love and cherish so many other 
aspects of Pokemon, including the new stuff. So yeah. love it so much. Can't recommend it enough. And by the way, forgot to mention this. It's fucking hard. I died. And I don't mean pet. I mean, died at the final boss over 15 times. I could never say I probably haven't done that since the original Elite Four when I was eight years old. <laughs> no idea what yeah. I'm even doing. This game is actually difficult. The boss battles are tough. I only didn't die to one boss. I died to every other boss in the game, and I cannot remember a time when that happened. So if you're looking for an actual challenge in a Pokemon game, this is it. There you go. I won't go on anymore. I know I get called a fanboy and shit like that. It's a great game. Sam, let's get into our trivia. Eight and a half for me, five and a half for you. I'm going to give you the question first. All right. What do you got? <clears throat> Pull it up here. So the original Street Fighter that came out in the arcades was not called Street Fighter 1. It was not called Street Fighter. What was it called? <sighs> I was funny. I was watching a video earlier and I don't remember the name, but let it's, me hear the answers. It's only got like Sagat and Ryu. They're not even named Sagat and Ryu and they're, it's just a terrible game. That's why nobody ever plays it and it's never been re-released. But is it Fighting Street? Is it Warriors of Fate? Is it Street Fight? Or is it Final Fight? I don't like any of them. Uh, I can assure you one is right. Same again. (laughs) Is it fighting street? Is it warriors of fate? Is it street fight or final fight? I don't like them. Uh, Go with a. What is it? I forget. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know. They all sounded bad, but the first one sounded like it. it, It's so simple. It's right. Fighting street. You sure? Why not? It's right. <laughs> it's so it's like so odd that it's right. I don't know. It, it didn't make sense, but All right, well, I'll you got six it. now, so it's eight and a half to six. All right, what do you got here? Which CKY video did Johnny Knoxville first appear? Wow. <laughs> so that's what CKY, CKY two K, CKY three, and CKY four. Right, unless right. another one came out. I don't. I don't know, Greg. I don't CKY4. know. CKY four. Incorrect. CKY3. Oh. His first appearance. Was there even a CKY4? Yeah, there was. There was. Okay. That, that, that was literally CKY, CKY2K, CKY3, CKY4. All right. I, I thought I remembered that being the final one. They're like the drive through DVDs. They just kind of ended after four. Yep. I, I bought them all for five hours each. I still what, got the CKYs? Them. Yep. Did they ever release them on like Blu-ray or anything like that? I don't just, think so. Just, just DVD. Bams was selling them a while ago and I bought them five hours a pop. I had to. I feel like I own 2K somewhere because that was always my favorite one. So the original yeah, CKY, sure is, the original CKY video is kind of tough to watch. It's not great. Well, remember it was it was the first one he had yeah. no money. He wasn't rich, you know. He didn't have money yet until yeah. I think it was like the third and fourth one. That's when like okay, he got money now. There's not even a lot of stunts really in the first one. It's just kind of a home movie collection of Bam Margera and friends. Yeah, that's, 2K, 2K is yeah. 2K is still. It's a 96. It's, is it's iconic. It's, it's the, the best one, and it's not even close. All right. So now we're 20 minutes in. I'll kind of remind myself to, to go to the TV section for the spoiler cast stuff for 20 minutes in. So from a time code perspective, skip. Go to the episode description. Look at when this is done. If you do not want spoilers for Peacemaker, the eight seasons is, or I'm sorry, the eight episodes season one is over. The John Cena led DC classic from James Gunn. He wrote and directed the whole thing. He's going to do the same for season two. And yes, I called it a classic because up front, I'm going to tell you, I enjoyed the live in hell 
out of this show. If you do not want spoilers, here's a chance to skip in the time code. Sam, let's talk about it. Well, what did you, you think of Peacemaker? Episode four, five, and seven was directed by uh, Jody Hill, Rosemary Rodriguez, and seven was Brad Anderson. Everything else was James Gunn. Thank you. But like you said, dude, Peacemaker was fantastic. This is to me, this is James Gunn at his best, John Cena at his best, the entire cast, the chemistry, the music, everything was firing on all cylinders, and is proof so when their viewership was up every single episode. 44% increase of viewership from episode one to the finale on a streaming service. Like that's wild. That shows the power of releasing your shit weekly as opposed to the Netflix drop. Exactly. I think I don't I don't know if it was you or if it was someone else on Twitter. It was someone said like Peacemaker's done and all I can still think about is Peacemaker. No and that's what everyone's talking about. Why is no one talking about Ozark? And I was like, oh, he's right. Like, even though I did enjoy Ozark, I loved it, but he's right. Like, I, you know, I kind of was only, I've been only thinking about Peacemaker rather than Ozark, even though yeah. I am hyped for Ozark, mm-hmm. but Peacemaker having that weekly kind of just kept that conversation going. Now, then, you know, uh, the company Nielsen who does like TV ratings, the Nielsen yeah, ratings. Yeah. So when they, they actually do streaming ratings too. Um, and so they don't count HBO Max for whatever reason. Um, maybe because just Warner does not want to opt into the Nielsen rating system. I don't know why, but Nielsen released a top 10 of 2022 rating so far. And Ozark is the most streamed show in the world, or at least in the country, I should say. Um, but we don't know where Peacemaker would have fallen because there's no yeah. HBO Max up. And nine of the top 10 are Netflix shows. So Netflix doing their drop all at one time is still king. Plus, they have 184 million subscribers, even though they're hurting and they're down quarter over quarter for the first time ever. And their uh, quarterly earnings call was actually kind of a train wreck and they are on the mend. They just have stuff now like um, that zombie show. Uh, All of us are dead or something like that. Yeah. Yep. So like they have that, which is the number one show on Netflix right now. And they have Ozark coming back and now stranger things. So they're going to have that Netflix style still has a place. I prefer the weekly drop, but it is a really good um conversation to have of like which is truly king because the only show that wasn't a netflix show in the top 10 was the book of boba fett which was right in the middle i think it was five or six wow. from a viewership uh standpoint i mean i i guess i i, I think it all depends what show it is like i don't think not 100%. every show not every show is a bingeable show yeah i believe you and i think to that point too peacemaker i don't think would have been what it was if it dropped all at once because it had a it didn't have like the craziest cliffhangers in the world where like oh my god that happened i can't wait to see what happens next but it had a, a storyline that i think uh lent itself well to that wait 7 days and get our yeah. 40 minutes and then wait 7 days and get our 40 minutes yeah and, and i like i don't think you had them big uh oh moments until i think it was like episode like 7 you're like oh shit like i really can't wait for the finale you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah and you know ozark you're right Like, it's one of those things. What do you want? Do you want it to take over Twitter for a week and destroy the internet? Or do you want it consistently, not as big, but more consistent over a two-month span? And I kind of think you can have a world with both of those. I mean, hell, we do have a world with both of those. And I don't necessarily think you have to pick one over the other. I love what you said. It kind of depends on the show. Yeah. You know, I look at, like, Stranger Things. Stranger Things, to me, has the giant cliffhanger, has the thing at the end of the episode where you're like oh my god i need the next one now so it yes. does a really good job of the binge 
aspect because it makes you want to just keep watching where peacemaker didn't have the giant cliffhanger it just had a cohesive good solid story where you didn't need to be like oh my god i need episode eight right now you could just kind of wait the week and then when thursday comes you wake up and you're pumped there's a world where both could be the the answer and so i think to your point it just depends on the show i wouldn't want stranger things week over week because that you know i had that with yellow jackets and like my week I was theory crafting and I'm going on Reddit all the time. I don't go on Reddit anymore because Yellow Jackets is over and I'm not theory crafting. But then when I do all these theories and read all these theories and none of them come true, you're like, well, what they did was still cool, but shit, (laughs) you know? So I kind of like the idea of these giant cliffhangers, binge them. If it doesn't, and it's just a nice cohesive story, let's do the weekly. So Um, overall though, um, John Cena, what did you think of his uh, of his performance as Peacemaker? And what did you think of the supporting cast? Because I think that's probably where we're going to have even an even bigger discussion. Yeah. Because I think we probably both agree with how Cena was. I mean, Cena, probably one of the, easily the best thing he's probably ever done. Like, yeah. I, I love seeing his enthusiasm with the role when he's doing interviews. He's literally in the Peacemaker suit. Like, you know, again, like I always said, we thrive on enthusiasm. Just seeing his excitement, he's tweeting about it. Um, the reviews are very great, and 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 the the cast like I didn't I didn't know the cast, but obviously besides Robert Patrick, I don't I didn't really know know anybody. Like one of the big standout is Harcourt. Is Jennifer Holland's is now uh, James Gunn's fiance? What? Didn't yeah, know I, that. I, I didn't know. I didn't know. I, I thought you knew that. My bad. Holy shit, dude, <laughs> she's she's only a year older than than we are. That's crazy. Yeah, so she's so good for James Gunn. Do you know, dude? Do you know what she was in before? Like, this is a woman who was, I guess, famous, quote unquote, for having a nude scene in an American Pie movie like 12 years ago. She was in, um, oh my god, uh, American Pie presents the book of love. I never even saw that because she was in, she had a small role in Brightburn. She had uh, obviously. I don't she even remember just, her in Brightburn, to be honest. Yeah, like super small role. She was Miss Espenshide, whoever whoever that is. I, had, I don't even remember who that was. She did an episode of that really terrible Rush Hour series, and like she did small it. stuff. So like to see her blow up because I agree. Like they painted her as you know somebody who was supposed to shine, and she really, really did. I would agree with you too, John Cena. This is probably the best thing he ever did. Yeah. Block, blockers to me is number two, but this definitely beats that out. I think he was better in this hands down, not even close than he was in Suicide Squad. I don't think he got a chance to shine as much as I would have liked in Suicide Squad of outside course. of his kill off with uh, I just Elba's character. Um, but the the you're right. The cast, the supporting cast was great. Uh, the only one that I really knew going into it was um, Danielle Brooks because she was a main character in Orange is the New Black the whole oh, scene. Okay, yeah. So she was a big, big story there. I've um, whoever played Mern, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I've seen him in some stuff before. Obviously, um, what's his face? Oh my god, Jim, uh, his first name is Chuck Woody. No, no, I'm not talking about him. Uh, it's it's Chuck Woody, I guess Uwuji, but I'm talking. Um, Robert Patrick, like you said, um, oh, he dude, he's he's the best. Robert, yeah. watching him because everyone says he is the nicest, 
guy. And in this show, he is the most racist person you will ever see. And he is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, piece of shit. Real piece of shit. Oh, yeah, seriously, a, a real piece of shit. But like again, like you get the payoff. Like James Gunn said, if you, you see his suit in the beginning, you get the payoff. You know, I think it was episode seven or eight. You get the payoff of him in the suit. I, I thought the suit looked awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I, he, he, I, I just didn't know if we'd actually get to see Robert Patrick in the suit, and we did, and I was, I was so happy. Freddie Stroma, kind of an unknown as Vigilante, he kind of wore out his welcome to me um, a little bit towards the end of the series. His, he kind of became super one, like one note, and I didn't really love his character towards the end. He kind of just got a little old. But the one that stuck out to me the most, not a non superhero, not on that team. Like if you were like. Dude, so, uh, Annie Chang killed it as Detective here. I, did, I, I was going to say the same exact thing. She was fantastic. I, I, I've never I, seen I, her in Sophie anything song. before. Yeah. Sophie Song, yep. She was great. Never saw her in anything before. She absolutely crushed this role. Um, not only from a, you know, once she got possessed by the butterfly, but even before that, I, she was the the remark she would go back and forth with Robert Patrick on the racist shit. It just, it cracked me oh up. Oh my God. That, is, really that was that, like seriously like oh yeah i don't even we don't even need to get into what they were saying going back and forth but it was absolutely hilarious um i mean again we can always say viola davis her kind of having what, two or three scenes as amanda waller that was pretty i was not expecting to see her the first time and or the last time yeah and there were some cameos that i want to talk about in that finale that we'll get to it in a in a minute because i definitely want to talk about those but from an overall story perspective I personally feel like James Gunn wrote this as a one season thing just in case it didn't get picked up. That ending doesn't necessarily scream season two cliffhanger. It's yeah. kind of if it were to end after one season, it was, let's say, a miniseries. I feel like that was a, a satisfying conclusion. But happily and luckily enough, we are getting a season two. From a story perspective, did you feel like it scratched the itch for you? Was a little bit too predictable because it it if you want to say that kind of was it did exactly what we figured was going to happen yeah i mean i i wasn't expecting to see the cow to see what that thing looked like i, yeah. I you know just to see that thing was it was it was interesting yeah um obviously the big cameos i was not expecting that at all yeah we'll talk about those in a, in a moment one thing i, I only think one little monograph i would have liked a little more eagerly you yeah. know he was he was actually voiced by d bradley baker which yes, is freaking yeah. hilarious um, I mean, other than that, I mean, I, I think James Gunn, again, I, I can see your point with Freddie Stroma. I mean, because there was a lot of jokes in there. You know, he babbles about a lot of crazy shit. Some, some, some hit like really good. Some things, you know, it, it kind of missed. Like he, you know, I felt like there was a middle with him. It didn't yeah. always hit, but the tiring, I, I can definitely see that. The, the funniest he was to me was when they were asking questions to, to Goff and he was like, what's your favorite color? And Peacemaker's like, only yes or no. He goes, is your favorite color teal? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And again, like he had that his moments that that, that yeah. missed, but there's some shit you said like, okay, that that one missed. Okay, but he kept it moving. Like it it didn't, um, like it it, it didn't stick out to me too much. One thing I loved was obviously we loved the intro. Both of us never skipped never any, skipped it any once. scene. And Greatest I, intro I, I've ever seen. And I love the ending where yeah. the little extended scene. Um, I, it just helped to give you a laugh, something that wasn't you know really too important. Just gave you that little laugh at the end. By the way, have you? Um, it's, it's obviously it's wigwam. They're a huge band. They did the theme song with, uh, do you really want to, um, do you really want to taste it? Thank you. Uh, have you ever listened to that song outside of that intro? 
Yeah, I did actually. I, I, I put it on on the way to the grocery store the other day in my car and I turned it up. It rocks your fucking face. Also, funny tidbit about Wing Wham. Their, um, Wing, yeah. Wing Wham, their manager uh, dropped them two days before the first episode. And then uh, it's not like he didn't know that this was going to happen. That's crazy. I guess he wasn't expecting this hit. And now this song's a hit and I'm sure it's going to make them a pretty penny. So sucks for him. 5.6 million streams on Spotify as of like a week ago when I, when I put it on, I should have waited my friend. Uh, so yeah, I mean, they're a big, huge, they were a huge band back in, I believe the eighties, they kind of died off and trailed off in the mid nineties and definitely kind of out of existence for the two thousands. But that's one thing James Gunn did exceedingly well, the entire series. And quite frankly, throughout his entire filmography, he does, he has a really unique James Gunn style with music. Every single movie he makes and the most, obviously the one that sticks out the most is the original guardians of the galaxy. He just has a way to incorporate music a from a like soundtrack. And like, he knows the exact right song to play at the exact right time. I couldn't think of a better song for star Lord to be singing um, during the opening scene of guardians of the galaxy, than um, come and get your love. Like, and that's one of my favorite songs of all time. So like, it's just perfect to see Chris singing it. And it's just, it's just great. So he incorporated music extremely well. There are times in the show where the music is so loud in a good way that I actually turned down the TV when they're rocking out. Cause we got two kids sleeping upstairs. So yeah, it was really well done musically. And this is just another thing. He pulled out wigwam, a band that has been obscure for over well over a decade or two, and now made them an overnight success again. So like, that's just the power that, you know, having a banger in the eighties just can be yeah. and for you now. Also, kudos to Cena for you know being able to play the little piano, little home yeah. sweet home action. Home that was very home. impressive. Um, did you? There is one jarring thing in the intro, and I like you. I didn't skip it one time, but there's one part of it where right after Mern and Hardcore do their like weird robot dance into it, you see Peacemaker slide in with his back facing you, and then the yeah. next scene, John Cena turns around. It is the most obvious stunt double in the world when he slides in. Watch it again. The dude's half a John Cena size height wise, and he's got the biggest shoulders I've ever seen. And then it turns around and this is like makes John Cena look scrawny. This dude, it was super <laughs> off putting. I noticed that the uh, literal first episode I was like, that is a stunt double. Yeah, I, I know there was one scene where you can literally see um, uh, Judo Master hiding like he's kind of crouched down where he's about to jump out. Yeah. Like there is one scene if you pause there that you can see him there. Well, he comes out of the floor. So it's actually no, no, it was before that you can oh, see okay. him in the back. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll have to rewatch that. But, you know, nothing's ever going to be perfect. But uh, I thought just overall the one before we get into the big cameo, like I said, a little bit predictable from a story standpoint. I still think that that uh, season premiere is one of the best pilot episodes I've seen of some in something in a really long, long time. For just such an, an obscure character, like no one sure. knows Peacemaker is. Yeah, I mean, there was a janitor. <laughs> There's no superhero called Peacemaker. Like, oh, and, and he's great. That that actor is actually really funny too. And and to have him come back in that one episode with him in school, that was one of my favorite scenes when he's at the show in town. Yeah, that, that was, was great. So funny the way the quips that he was doing. Um, do you have any like? I had said before, maybe a little bit too predictable from a story standpoint, but was there anything with the show that maybe was a little off-putting or that you maybe didn't care for as much? I I, I would say maybe the one things you said, the little bit of, you know, the vigilante, maybe a couple more quips that maybe went on a little bit too, you know, too much, uh, maybe a little side, maybe some more side characters, but I understand they were trying to, uh, 
uh, Ad- was it Adebayo? They were trying to show okay. her story with kind of her girlfriend and the dogs. Like, yeah, maybe that could have been kind of cleaned up a little bit. But I mean, besides that little minor nitpick, like this show, I, I noted it like, yeah, this could be in for 2022, possibly best shows of 2022. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a strong contender to, to potentially make the list as well. I have it right now as a number two, but I've only watched three shows this year. So yeah, far. It's, it's still early, you know, it could still so go up or down. It, it could still go up or down. I've by no means made my mind up, but um, if there was like, there was a couple inconsistencies, but again, it's a peacemaker DC show. I'm like, I'm kind of ready to suspend my disbelief a little bit, especially when there's a giant caterpillar cow that sucks out titty milk. It's just, I'm like, I'm okay with a few uh, gripes here and there. I will say I had mentioned that it's a little bit, uh, predictable from a story standpoint, but I I will f- not fail to mention they have no problem killing characters because if you think about it, they killed off White Dragon, um, but they also killed off literally every cop, including so anytime a butterfly infected someone, they were dead. Yeah. So you and they killed off Mern. So you got to think too. They killed over a hundred people in this eight episodes. You just don't really realize it. And then they had the yeah. big shootout at the end to really kill them all and this that and the other, but. There was, you know, how Economist trips and falls and smack, like snap yeah. his leg open. His, how fast he got there with that how, leg, dude. Yeah. How fast yeah. did he army yeah. crawl to yeah. get there? That, that's that's that's. I was I was. It's funny because I was thinking of the same character, but I wasn't thinking that scene. It's like, yeah, that scene was fast as shit. Also, I did like the the kind of the whole dye beard, his kind of moment at the end, kind of like you're paying that off. So I was like, okay, Economist got his moment. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, what did you think? Finally, kind of, we can kind of wrap this up here. What did you think about that giant Justice League cameo at the end? I, I, w- I was not expecting that at all. At all. I mean, yes, we, we know that Cyborg and Batman was in it, but DC told him, uh, can you take them two out? And they have, you know, they're going on with, you know, Ray Fisher, his Cyborg thing. And, you know, there's already five different Batmans going on right now. It's like, we don't need another one at this moment. But when I saw Jason Momo, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And supposedly they they there's like 30 minutes of cut scenes of them two just riffing off each other of, of Flash and, and Aquaman. So you know, we only we got Jason Momoa and we got Ezra Miller back as the Flash. I, I was not expecting that. Yeah, I thought, too, to keep the other ones, like to bring in Superman and Wonder Woman um, and like kind of keep them silhouetted so you know it's them, but you yeah. can't see their faces. I thought it was a really nice touch yeah. because it showed team. I was hoping Batman would come, too, but I get it. Uh, yeah. I totally understand why he didn't. But I love that they we at least didn't get just a silhouette of all five of them or six of them. And then Peacemaker just walks by and says something. I love that we finally did see that. It, that Go fuck a fish. Yeah. And like <laughs> I hate it when they say that shit. It was like, I hate that rumor. Yeah, that's right. It's, I hate that. It's rumor. not a rumor. <laughs> F you, Barry. <laughs> yeah, it was good. I, I love that. And so it was really neat to see that. I didn't. So you said it was going to be really tough for me to get spoiled. I didn't have to mute a single word on Twitter. And somehow. It didn't get spoiled for me. Oh wow, that that's awesome because it's, I know after I was done it, it was I saw it on IG, I saw it on Twitter. I was like, oh, I hope it don't get spoiled because it it was such a nice surprise. Yeah, it really, really was, and so and it was cool because no one even peeped a word of it leading up to it. No one said like, you got to watch next week. It's going to be yeah. great. They just and, they kind of just let it happen. And and obviously, besides like seeing it and like eagerly stuff like that, like the the, the MVP, the standout for me was. Amelia Harcourt. I, I truly think Jennifer Holland, I thought she was great. She kind of really made this her role. 
you know, I believed her after Mern goes down that she would be the next one in line as the leader. And I thought she held her own. And I hope that the, the crew, her, seeing that everyone's back for season two, I'm, I'm really hyped. Did you get a her and Peacemaker love story vibe? Like they wanted to paint that like, will they, won't they? little bit like it started off with him just making sexual comments and yeah like yeah like a little like a little flirt here and there but i you know obviously they didn't go like which i'm i'm grateful for that there was no like love they kept it the way it was but will they but will they is my problem i think he set that up yes for a possible season two little drunken hookup or something like that that's i'd be okay with that right a one night stand type thing where they can kind of move past it it's not the overarching kind of point b story like yeah, I don't want to have story. to hear the relationship for five episodes. I really don't want it. I, I'd be okay with a, an awkward hookup and then like the fallout from that. That would be fun. But boy, please don't make it like an A story. Make it the, the C story. Make it a one episode, one night stand thing, and then we can move on. But, you know, I think when she's turned around and said Amelia and like, you know, finally revealed her name and that was supposed to be that like she trusts a moment type thing. Yeah. That was a little weird. We don't need love stories in everything. I will say that. Yeah, agreed. All right. Uh, anything else about the show in general that you feel you want to get off your chest before we move on? Just, I mean, I, I hope that you guys watch this. You didn't listen to it of not knowing anything. Just, just make sure you've watched Peacemaker because it is actually a fantastic show. Eight episodes. It's, you, you know, won't take you long. Yeah. HBO Max and like the finale or the penultimate is only like 39 minutes. Like it's a pretty short series. Uh, so yeah, very, very well worth your time. I'm excited that it's going to come back for season two. I'm excited to see where DC TV goes. We have said for six years on this podcast, DC rules the TV realm. Phase four of Marvel has done a decent job. You know, there were some big swings and misses there, but Hawkeye, WandaVision, uh, Loki, like there, there's undeniable. Oh, they hit. connect, they connected with a few, but yeah, DC, you know, they, they hit this one out the park. DC is pretty consistent. So at least early, like the flash might be losing its legs. Arrow might've lost a few seasons, but like well, early I mean, on again, when you're, when you're coming on a show, you're on your, your seventh, eighth, ninth season. It's like, ah, okay. You, you kind of wrote all them stories. Now it's time to wrap it up. Yeah. Put it out the pasture, but you got things like star girl. You got things like all the things that will happen on DC. You got Titans, you got doom patrol. So there's a lot of things, you know, black lightning, uh, Legends, but there's still a lot of stuff going on in the DC TV realm that they just consistently knock out of the park. Add Peacemaker to that on HBO Max, nonetheless, where you have no restrictions, you have no, you know, there was nudity, there was bad language, there was drug use, there was everything you could want in a adult themed superhero show to keep it entertaining. And you know, when you're sitting there with your husband or your wife, and they're not into the genre, but they want to watch it with you just as much every week, and they enjoy it too, you know, you have a hit on your hands. So that's what I think Peacemaker could do from that aspect. Great show. Cannot wait for season two. Let's roll on here uh, into the show. It's what, 42 minutes in, and we're only on our second story. Sam, Ozark's final episodes, part two of season four, are dropping April 29th. We don't even got to wait long. Ah, oh, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And with, is it six or seven episodes? Well, is a third, I believe it's third. 14 episodes total. And what do they do? Drop seven up front. So it's another it was seven. seven, six. So another seven, right? Seven. It is seven. Oh, I, I'm just looking at it now. I just got it. Jason Bateman's directing the series finale. Oh, that's, that's cool. kind of, that's kind of neat. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we got seven more. We have, uh, we're not going to spoil part one and you know, no, we don't have no. to but like where it ends is a perfect way for them to pick oh, up literally God. at that moment. So 
we called this from the second to show we got the release date for part one. We said, wait, there's going to be about a two month wait and you're going to yeah. get it sometime in April. I didn't know it'd be that late in April, but I get it with Easter and other things happening. But that is a good lead into like Stranger Things a couple of weeks later. You get Ozark to dominate the internet. Then you get Stranger Things. Like Netflix is in a good position here. Um, Better Call Saul comes to Netflix pretty soon after it's done. And that'll be over in July. By the way, a little bit of news I, I missed last week on Better Call Saul. The night that it premieres, they're doing two episodes, not just one. Perfect. So that's going to oh be it's going to be great. What a great and where that ended. Oh, man. Yeah. And so back to Ozark. I mean. This is probably the, if we didn't have the Peacemaker spoiler cast, this is probably the lead story of the entire podcast. Oh God, yeah. so. I, I can already say that I'm, I have no doubt that Ozark and Peacemaker, both shows have a shot of being in the running of, you know, if maybe not top three, at least in the top five, top 10, like they are that good of shows. Yeah. I think season four of Ozark has kind of redeemed. I was, a, you're a bigger fan of season three than I was. Yeah, oh yeah. I think that season four did a good job of starting to redeem. I think it still doesn't incorporate the kids enough. I think, you know, they make you want to hate Jonah a little too much. Charlotte still is pretty useless. I don't um, know. Charlotte was the biggest improvement. The whole show. See, I would totally 100% disagree. I think she did one important thing, all seven episodes. And that's tell the other girl, go back to Chicago to tell the other girl, the, unfortunate news of something happening i mean we can argue about it on another day at another time of course i mean trust me we all know she fucked up all first three (laughs) seasons we know that she definitely dug her hole that she didn't you know yeah get out of yet um and so like it's it's on its way back to redeem it is it my favorite seven episode run of the show no but it is setting up a while that last 10 minutes of that finale was so batshit crazy that it's mm-hmm. setting up an incredible ending. And that's something I'm excited for, even though it didn't hit all the notes for me for part one, it's still Ozark. It's still Damn. a show that I can't wait for. They ain't going to be a rush hour three. <laughs> uh, is there anything you know the I'm talking about? Is there anything in without again, without spoiling it? Is there anything that you're specifically or, you know, especially looking forward to? For these last seven episodes, I, I just want to like I just want to see how it goes. I want to see how it ends. How Marty, how the hell he thinks they're going to get out? If you know, we we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. I I have my suspicions. Who's going to make it out? Mm-hmm. But we'll 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 see. You know, I, again, I, I think we're we're kind of similar on that regard. I don't know if everyone's going to get get out unscathed, but. Yeah, this is the type of show that ain't nobody's safe. And I love that yeah. about this show. It's very like Game of Thrones who wouldn't, until the last few seasons, weren't afraid to kill anyone. And yeah. so that's what I agree. I agree that I'm not 100% sure that every bird makes it out. Yeah, but, I, mm-hmm. I don't, but, again, I don't want to say I'm biting my tongue. But there is a scene, the scene that opens up season four, part one. We still have no context yeah, I, for it. I know, literally nothing. We have no context, so I'd want. I hope that plays a bigger part than it just happens and they all get out over it. I like they, they I, never, no, they never mention it ever again. It was just like a dream or something. That it would was be, really bad. Hilarious. It was really bad editing. Like who left that in there? What's uh, a shock of it. We'll see if anyone remembers. Don't forget, it's been four months. Yeah, and so I am definitely psyched for that. Um, to see how that pays off. I don't know if all the birds will make it out. I like you have my suspicions. I also have my suspicions on the Wyatts and, and all of that. So we will see how that plays out. I'm so incredibly excited to see how this show ends and it doesn't have to end with a bang for me. It just has to end in a way that isn't unsatisfying 
just it doesn't. I, I mean, they they still have a lot of knots to tie. They do. You know, they they definitely kind of built this up. I really hope they stick to landing. I, I have faith. You know, again, they they're kind of going out on their own terms. They're going out while the show's still hot. It's not on to me. It's not. It didn't hit the. You know, it's not Dexter season like you know five, six, seven, eight, or whatever. So I have faith. That's why I do have faith in it is because they are leaving on their own terms. Now Game of Thrones left on its own terms, and it, it's because the guys just wanted out, and they just well, they wanted to go for off. Star Wars. And that, we, we already goodness. know that. Thank you know that, that never happened. So, yeah, yeah I, again, I am definitely excited for it. Let's move on. Walter, I'm sorry, Walton Goggins has been cast in the Fallout TV series. If you forgot, that was a thing. It's a thing, and it's coming to Amazon Prime. I mean, I, I still don't really know what Fallout is, but, I mean, you have Walton Goggins. I'm in. He yeah. he is a fantastic actor. I mean, from, from Justified, Shanghai Noon, he was freaking fantastic. Um, what was the comedy he was in with our boy? Uh, he was in Vice Principals. Vice Principals, that's it. That's yeah, it. I believe he was also in, um, I think he's in The Righteous Gemstones too. I can't remember. Yeah, he's in The Righteous Gemstones. He's oh, hilarious oh, in that. I mean, if you go back from to 02, I mean, The Shield, he was he played Shane. He was awesome in that. That was fantastic. Yeah. Invincible, he played Cecil. Like, th- this guy's in so much he was great in, actor. He was in Django Unchained. Uh, he's also he, in... The, Invincible, by the way. Yeah, he play, he plays Cecil. They he always they they always play, have him playing some racist, but he he is a great actor. I I'm I I don't know I don't never played Fallout games. I've never played them, but I will watch it just for him. Do you know the basic premise? I, I think it was like the world's dead or it's a desert. It is a, a post post apocalyptic thing where the world has been nuked to hell. It's not a zombie thing, Jeez. nothing like that. It's a nuclear end of the world, so it's nothing you haven't like imagined or seen before but the survivors lock themselves away in vaults and um each vault is almost like its own country or territory so kind of vault three versus vault 27 versus and they all have different morals and little communities inside them and then you venture out of the vault with this technology like this technology and there's monsters and alien like there's a whole bunch of mutated shit and that's the very, very, very high level 30,000 foot view. There's so much more inc- intricacy to it. Um, but it's a world that does lend itself very well to a film or TV adaptation. I'm definitely excited for it, especially and now that Goggins is in it. Yeah. Was there a release date for that yet? Or we don't know there. This was the first news I had even heard on any casting. This is with like the last of us and all and all these other things that are pr- coming out for TV. This is probably a 24 Minimal. Yeah, because it's not even on his Wikipedia yet, so that's how new this shit is. Yeah, I uh, expect this show for well over two years. That's just where I would oh, be. Oh, that on. long? Okay, shit. John Watts is making, reportedly making, a Disney Plus exclusive Star Wars series. John Watts is the director of Spider-Man No Way Home. I thought he was doing Fantastic Four. What's going on, John? Yeah, right? It's almost like you could do multiple things. Uh, I think this is probably after FF, like or F4. This is probably it's like 2024 five or five. Yeah. Uh, they got to do Mando season three. They got to do and, and four and five. I'm sure they're going to continue that. They're going to probably do a second book of Boba Fett or at least another spinoff. They got Obi-Wan coming. Like there's so much Star Wars content from a spinoff. that like, they don't need this right now. I mean, hell, he could probably just do. He might even just write an EP as opposed to do directing work. And that, you know, that doesn't take up all. Is there a thing of having too much Star Wars content? Yeah, dude, I'm a Pokemon fan. So, I I mean, I'm thinking like, you know, they're going to have basically 
like Disney Plus wise, it's going to be Star Years all year round. While what throwing a movie every other year, I, I'm I'm semi excited to see what Star Wars does with movies because they haven't had one since Episode Nine. So I mean, they can only go up from here. And and like now, but now you have to match the TV, which is just kind of taken over as the main medium for Star Wars. And then you yeah. got all these games. You got three games in development by Respawn: Jedi Fallen Order two. You got Star Wars Hunters. You got Kotor remake. You got all these Star Wars games. You got the Star Wars TV shows. You're gonna have new movies coming out. I mean, we've seen this before. How many times did I come on the show and say, "Yo, no more superhero shit. I am burnt out to hell." It is real. It can happen. So yeah. You know, I don't like Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl very much. It, it is okay to have something come out from your favorite franchise and just feel burnt on it. I didn't really like those games. I haven't touched it since December, and I don't think I'm going to go back unless the Pokemon Presents on Sunday says, here's some DLC. We're going to add the shit we didn't. That's really the only time I'm really going to want to go back to it. So there is definitely burnout. I can feel you on that. Uh, I still have not beaten Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, because who the fuck cares? Sun and Moon has yeah. a better story. So yep. simple as that in the movie section, Fred Heckinger reportedly has cast as chameleon in the Craven, the Hunter film. And Ch- chameleon is the half brother of Craven. And I, I don't know too much about, I just know that the cat character, he's like the master of disguises. He can impersonate virtually anyone. And that that's all I know. So, I mean, Hey, you know, created by Stanley, Steve Dicko. So that'd be cool to get it. You know, a little Dicko creation. I mean, it's so funny. We keep hearing about, um, we keep hearing about all these like character actors uh, who are cast for this film. We keep hearing all these like little decisions, but we know nothing about it. Fred Heckinger, the only thing I know him in is from his appearance in The White Lotus. That's literally it. And that was a six episode run on HBO uh, in the middle of last year in 2021. I couldn't tell oh. you a goddamn thing about him. I mean, I, I like that he's an unknown, obviously. I don't rather, you know, bring in someone famous. But another thing about Chameleon, this could be a person that could be in the Sinister Six. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's going to be why he's in here. Maybe they're going to be because You know, they wanted, you know, Sony's been wanting to do a Sinister Six movie since 2014. Yeah. So, you know, they got something cooking. The most important thing about his character in, in The White Lotus, by the way, is he is in multiple scenes playing a Nintendo Switch. So, like. <laughs> you know, you know, he was one of my favorite characters. Yeah, he was, of, course, of course. He was the awkward son who wanted to just go on vacation to play Nintendo. I've never met that kid, but if I did, he'd be me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's not a big actor, but we continue to talk about that a lot, too. Like, um, I like when big studios for big projects give big roles to small actors. Yeah. You got to get your name out there and start somewhere. I mean, Aaron Taylor Johns, I mean, he, he's well known. Um, I just really hope he don't mess up Craven because. He's like my favorite Spidey villain besides Doc Ock. So I'm really hoping this movie's good. The Flash movie will reportedly include Gal Gadot and Jason Momoa. So it's basically a Justice League movie. Yeah. All you, you have is, every uh, super, Supergirl, well, no, Batman, Flash, Wonder no, Woman, Aquaman. Like everyone's there. No Superman confirmed just yet. Right. And well, uh, well, we, well, Supergirl. Right. And what about Cyborg? You said something about. Ray I, I, yeah, well, he was supposed to be in it, but I believe they wrote out his part because of, you know, all the drama going on. Hmm. So, I mean, again, I, I I can't, you know, all they had to tell me was Keaton's back in there. You have my money already. You know, you don't have, I mean, you can keep throwing, you know, obviously this is the last film we're getting Ben Affleck as Batman and him saying it was his favorite Batman filming experience that he's ever did. Uh, I just, you got, we have to have faith in Andy Muschietti, hopefully that he can deliver something here and, 
you know, and it's this year, so we won't have to wait too much longer. That's crazy too. This film felt like it never had a release date. Now all of a sudden we're going to watch it this year. And it's like, bam, November 4th, it's coming. It's that's crazy. Like just felt like this movie was in develop, not development hell, but like changing directions and who knows what it's going to be. Now we know like flashpoint, we're getting crazy cameos. We already got two trailers or at least one teaser, one trailer, and we have a release date and that's pretty wild. It's super wild in the same year. We're getting the Batman and are we getting Aquaman two this year? Or is that next? And that is, I thought it was the end of this year, maybe. And Black Adam is this year. Yeah, Black Adam is definitely, yes. And that's like April. That's like two months away. Like, that's insane. March is the Batman. Like, a month. Dude, weeks. Just weeks from now. Like, two weeks. The Batman oh, and Aqu- Aquaman is December 16th of this year. Yep. Are you going to be seeing the Batman on night one? I'm So, our tickets are already bought for Sunday. Sunday, so okay. So I you're gonna have to stay away from some social for again, w- w- which is fine. I I I don't mind. Again, I didn't want to be there. You know, jam packed crowd. I think I'm seeing it real early, like earlier in the morning, a little matinee on Sunday. So again, it's a long movie. I'm, again, so if you don't see me on IG, Twitter, and all that stuff, so from, so from Friday till Sunday, I won't be on social media. Tom Brady is making a movie, kind of about Tom Brady. Uh, let me let me break this one down for you people who who care an ounce. Ryan from Bearings, this is for you, um, and and uh, Ryan Cunningham because you're a Tom Brady stan. Uh, Tom Brady is kind of I believe he's producing and even starring in a movie called Eighty for Brady. So his name, of course, has to be in it as well. And in real life, in the 2017 Super Bowl, not the 2018 Super Bowl where our Philadelphia Eagles beat Tom Brady's New England Patriots. It's the year where maybe the greatest Super Bowl of all time, or at least one of them, when the Falcons were up 28 to 3 on the Patriots and they came back and won in overtime. Um, there was a group of fans. I won't give it away because then I'm going to give away the, the, the movie. But there was a group of fans that went to extreme measures to make the, to, to get to that game. Uh, from traveling and all that. And that's what this film is going to recreate. Tom Brady is going to make a movie about himself being a fan to go watch Tom Brady. If, if that's not the most narcissistic story we've ever had on this podcast, I don't know what is. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely not one that uh, I'm going to rush out to the movies to go see. But I mean, hey, Brady's got a gazillion dollars. He, he can finance the movies he wants. He, this is one of those, like to me, one of those smaller sports movies, kind of like Draft Day or American Underdog, that could be semi decent. Like Draft Day with Kevin Costner is completely underrated. I yeah, I, I, I ain't gonna lie. I heard Draft Day was pretty good. I know Tom Welling's in it also. Heard heard it was good. Yeah, Jennifer Garner too. She's like, it's a really good movie. Um, not the best, but like, it's not Remember the Titans, but it's it's really sneakily good. So I can see this being like, it's no replacement. Let's be real. Oh, the replacements is, is it's irreplaceable. But uh, yeah, I I will definitely be skipping this. I think when it comes out, I'll buy the Blu-ray for Ryan Cunningham for Christmas. Uh, if you're listening to this, you already know I'm going to get you because uh, he'll he'll appreciate that. But this movie I will skip. But I know that we have some some football fans out there, some some Tom Brady fans. Zep, if you're listening, you can go day one and bring the kids. Uh, to 80 is Brady, hopefully not coming to a theater near you. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home has a digital release date of March 22nd and a Blu-ray date. So for you folks who still enjoy physical media on April 12th. That's a perfect little birthday gift for myself. The I day after that. your birthday, yeah. So you got to love that. Yo, and how about this? The movie 
box office, $1.834 billion. They are so freaking close to $2 billion. That is crazy. Yeah, you might as well just say it at this point. Like, I can't stand when people are like, it sold 1.9 million copies. No, dude, it sold 2 million. Just like, come on. <laughs> I mean, we, we got to think, you know, there's, it's still going to be in theaters. Plus, yeah. with Blu-ray sales, and, and it probably will hit $2 billion overall. No, no, there's zero doubt. But the people that will buy it on digital alone, you could take out physical. Digital is so damn popular nowadays that just those yeah. sales alone will push it to do to two billion. And then you have the folks like yourself who still collect physical media and enjoy a physical Blu-ray. That yeah. and those people are not few and far between, especially from movies like that. That'll sell like hotcakes. People are going to go to the store. They're going to go to the end cap at Target. They're going to say, "Oh my God, is that Spider-Man? Forgot about that one. Let me pick it up." Even if they've never seen it before. And, and, and plus, I want to see, give me the, the bonus features because I know there was plenty of footage of all. I think there was like just 10 minutes of cutscenes of just them three together just messing around. So like just to see the three Spider-Man, like that's 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 good enough for me. Yep. Um, if you guys don't know, like you can still get that stuff on the digital. You just have to go into the digital piece of it and find it and then play it. It's some people forget it's not as convenient um as, as kind of popping yeah. in disc two or going to the special features on the blu-ray but it, it is still available so don't think you're just getting the movie if you are a digital person uh a live action we mentioned at the top of the show an anime was turning into a movie that maybe 20 years old but i know you're still psyched a live action beyblade movie is in the works dude when i was younger i was huge into beyblade like I was at your house playing with you, just not as much as you. You were much more than me, yes. Yeah, I knew Miyamachi definitely battled back in the day. And, you know, I watched I I watched you have some intense battles, yeah. Dude, yeah, we we bought the little, you know, the circle, a couple different battle areas. And, dude, like, some of them were really freaking cool. Um, Again, like, I think you you texted me saying, yeah, this feels maybe a couple years too late, which I'm not going to disagree with because the hype definitely died down. But I feel like all the people that were in it were all basically in our you know upper 20s early 30s like i i'm totally down to see this movie like number one the the cartoon intro it slaps it's one of the best intros of like any cartoon like it's in it's in the top 10 of intros for me so i this probably would be i would definitely see this movie at theaters i'm I'm a sucker for beyblade Mm. at at least the first like 100 episodes that once they got onto their other arc it just got way too corny but at least the first 100 episodes were actually really good i wonder if this will be like a bastardization of beyblade like that original avatar movie was where they just cast a bunch of white people or if this is going to be like a live action from a different country that maybe comes here subbed or dubbed i don't really i didn't i'll be honest i took the screenshot and sent it to you i did not click the story So I don't again, like you do this movie, like just if you're going to show like the, the their animal, their beast in there, like you're going to have to have a nice budget. Like this ain't going to be like a five million dollar like movie. Like you're going to have to throw some money into this. I also admittedly didn't look up if this was coming to a streamer or if it was coming to theaters or if it didn't know if we don't know yet. So I could see this having a decent budget and some good CGI to work with if it goes to a streamer because you could just focus a lot on that as opposed to the silver screen. But I don't know. I mean. Is the audience for a Beyblade live action movie still relevant? I mean, or- dude, the the fact that a Beyblade movie got greenlit, the fact that they're making an Inuyasha movie or um Yu Yu Hakusho movie, it, it baffles my brain. I mean, I don't care what it looks like. I I'm just happy that it's coming. But that's what I that's what I think that you're onto something with that is because 
the Yu Yu Hakusho movie, the live action is going to Netflix. It's going to a streamer where they don't have to focus so much on giant marketing and test screenings and this, that, the other. When it's on a streamer, it's kind of more confined. You have their money and you can kind of do what you need with it. And it doesn't have to be this big giant budget production, but you can still focus on the piece you want to focus on. So if it goes to a streamer and plus, by the way, putting a 20 year old anime on the silver screen in a movie theater might not draw like a, uh, uh oh my god the ghost the, the the fucking really popular anime that hits theaters all the time now Kenshin so no yabi 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 I don't know fuck the Demon Slayer franchise Demon Slayer yeah thank okay. you God that was stuck in my brain um I don't even know what's Kenshin no y- Nayaba I I can't remember uh, you were mentioned like I've heard Kenshin yeah I, I don't I don't know. I don't even know what it's called Ketsu Ketsu no Yaiba right or something like yeah, that yeah that's it that's it that sounds familiar yeah that that sounds about right. That is more recent. So that draws in the newer fans, the kids, the this, the that, the other. Maybe not the kids for that one, but you know where I'm getting at. Where Bla- yeah. Beyblade has a specific audience from 20 years ago that if it's on a streamer and they see it, they're like, well, fuck yeah. I haven't thought about Beyblade in a decade. I'm checking this out as opposed to I'm going to go mean, pay $15 for a ticket. I don't know. I mean, if that you got to think Beyblade kind of came out like right after Pokemon did, like a couple years after. So, you know, like all the kids were right around the same age. So, I mean, you know, strike while the iron's hot. It, and yeah, it was right around that, you know, when Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon and all that were really, it was everything. Digi- Digimon was super hot back then too. So it's, it's in that family of anime. Um, not something I am dying to see, but something that if it goes to a streamer, you better believe I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Gotta see how the first episode is a uh, movie. So th- I don't know what that's going to be. It's a movie, not a TV show. Well, just throw it on Netflix so I can watch it at my own home so I don't have to go to the theater and pay yeah. for a $20 Beyblade ticket. That's Thank right. You. And I, I mean, take it over in gaming. And of course, we got to start with the big one. The game's out. And I, I, I know what it's getting because it's it's all over. I, it's all over fucking Twitter. We had the review. Let's finally hear it. What we got on Elden Ring. Yeah. So Elden Ring's a 10 out of 10 from IGN. There's no hiding that. Um, this game is a as we speak a 97 on metacritic for for the ps5 no for everything it's a 97 for the ps5 but it's also a 97 overall it might even be a 98 overall because i see because what i'm looking at is pc and xbox have P- 95 out of 100 and pc PS5 has 97. pc let's not get into it pc is a different animal because uh it's it's not super duper optimized for PC right now. The best place to play it, according to Digital Foundry, the best way to play it is the PS4 version on your PS5. If you want the best frame rate, if you want the best visuals, the Xbox Series X version, and if you want the best combination of performance, the PS5. So really, as long as you don't play it on PC, you're in a you're pretty good. good spot. And I mean a I, really good PC. I, was, I did watch Alana Pierce. She played on Xbox, and there was a lot of frame rate droppage a lot uh not shocking to get this running uh consistently to like a 30 to 45 fps makes a lot of sense to try to get it to a 50 to 60 fps consistently is going to take a a beast of a machine the ps5 seems to deliver that a little bit better um so anyway this game is already apparently everyone's game of the year 97 98 on metacritic like it's rocking and rolling um you know, this is before audience scores too. This is just critics. Uh, people are calling it the greatest game they've ever played. And a lot of the stuff that we had kind of heard. And so um, here's what IGN had to say. I think this review is a little inconsistent. 
but it's a 10 out of 10. I don't know if his words necessarily match that, but we'll get to it. It's no exaggeration to say that Elden Ring is from software's largest and most ambitious game yet, and that ambition has paid off. Even after 87 hours of blood, sweat, and tears that included some of the most challenging fights I've ever fought and in numerous surprises, there are still bosses I have left on the table, secrets that I've yet to uncover, side quests I miss out on, tons of weapons, spells, and skills that I even never even used. And on top of all of this, the PvP and co-op play that I've barely even been able to scratch the surface to. Throughout it all, while the fundamentals of combat haven't changed much from what we've seen before, the uh, and by the way, they're saying um, Bloodborne, Sekiro, and Dark Souls um, from the other FromSoft games, at least uh, the newer ones. The enormous variety of viciously designed enemies and the brutal but surmountable bosses have brought its battles to a new level. I mean, yeah, like 9.5. That's kind of what I would like. This 10 out of 10 is a masterpiece of a game. No game is perfect. I understand that there is definitely going to be some issues. It's great to see that this game is doing so well, even after watching three to four hours of content from like, you know, a walkthrough of the first 25 minutes to all the reviews I could possibly swallow in my spare time to, um, you know, the launch trailer and developer interviews and things like that. This still isn't necessarily speaking to me. Um, I'm not a from guy. I'm not a souls guy. I tried Bloodborne and I absolutely despised it. But even through all of that, I feel like I still want to at least give this game a try. Maybe it'll just click when I have it in my hands as opposed to me watching it. That's where I feel I'm at. It just might be a game that clicks with me when the controller is in my hand versus watching somebody else. Yeah, I, I think I'm in the same boat. I never played Dark Souls, never played Bloodborne. I did watch at least two hours of gameplay. There was a lot of good things I did like. Um, the combat system seems a little sluggish, but maybe, again, maybe it's in my hands. Maybe it'll feel a little bit different. But the land, the open world, it looked beautiful. The bosses, they they did look hard as shit. I mean, people are still saying it's a very hard game. I could see me buying this game just not right now. I mean, I could see me like they like, pulling a you like when it's like $30 on sale or something like that. I could see me picking it up just yeah, to give it a try. Me, me too. It's definitely a title that I think I'll add to my collection one day. I'm just not at yeah. a point right now. And it's, and listen, I'm done legends. Like I'm waiting for Kirby at this point, which is a month from the day you're hearing this. So I have a month right now that I could dedicate to something else. What I'm going to do is finish uncharted four and lost legacies ps5 versions that'll be the mm, games i, nice. I kind of go back to to get me over because you never Kirby. you never beat that that game right uh lost legacy the, lost oh no the uh the, uh was the last the, the fifth one lost legacy oh, oh it is lost legacy okay yeah no i uh i stopped to let you borrow it and then i never played it again when you gave it back to me so this will be the first time i see the ending to lost legacy um, so nice. I'll get into those, and I'm, I'm sure I'll enjoy it. Uncharted Four is a good, is a very good, if not a little bit long in the tooth game. Very so I'm long, definitely very long. excited for that. Um, but I have a month here, so I could definitely dive into Elden Ring if I wanted to. I, I just, I just want to wait because if I, I, I have a feeling that I'm still not going to like it even after I play it. So to invest seventy bucks into something I kind of don't have super passion for, and that I'm not like convinced i'm gonna love doesn't yeah. seem so appealing but like 34.99 40 bucks all right maybe i'll give it a shot there because that's something i can swallow a little bit easier than 70 
No, I, I'm at the exact same boat. So I'll wait. I'll watch more gameplay. I'll 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 wait. I'll sit on it. You watch know, until... next week. It'll be my pick of the week. Yeah, I, I caved. Screw it. I, I someone threw me a deal. <laughs> I just bought it on PS Store because I felt like it. I couldn't. I had points stand I it. forgot I had. I don't get them anymore, brother. I, I was I, I like oh, I left over. I never <laughs> used them. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's it's. I'm. Let me put it this way, and I'll end it with this. I'm so hyped that all of you out there are hyped. I'm so excited that you all are excited because I know the feeling of being so excited for a game release. Do yourself a favor and do me one too. Don't anoint this your game of the year because everybody else is and that because you want to. If it is your game of the year at the end of the year, fantastic. But make sure it deserves it because this year of all years is absolutely stacked. We're not even two months in and we got Legends, Horizon, and Elden Ring. Like, let's not... like That's insane. And we still have God of War. We have a PlayStation event in the next couple months that's going to drop some crazy shit. So we know the PlayStation's not done. We have uh, Kirby. We have Nintendo Switch Sports. We have Strikers. We have uh, Xenoblade. We don't have a holiday game for Nintendo. We potentially have Breath of the Wild 2. So, like, let's remember that 2022 could go down as an insane year for gaming. Let's not anoint a game of the year yet. But apparently, Elden Ring is doing real fine. And I can see this being a... 12 to 20 million seller pretty easily i mean considering the lowest rating i see is a 9 out of 10 For everything real. else is 10 out of 10 100 out of 100 i don't think i've seen an 8 yet i don't know I'm, I'm looking at there's at least 12 plus here and every 9.5 90 out of 10 9 out of 10 5 out of 5, 5 it's all it's all great things i'd like to meet the person that does give it an 8 and shake their hand and say you're asking for trouble i appreciate you there are people out there no, that would that will find I'm, you I'm almost surprised that someone didn't throw out an eight because I feel like that they would have been like, wow, you're the only company to give it an eight. Like, I feel like that would have drew you some attention. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not the kind that you want, the kind where you have to put your yeah. family in hiding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> we have to change our names. Uh, next door, we have Capcom's mysterious announcement has finally been revealed. Yeah, that, that countdown timer hit the zeros, and uh, I was absolutely right. So from like the second this thing was announced, I said, all right, we're getting Street Fighter 6. And it turned out that that's what we're getting. But that is not the only thing they announced. They gave 40 seconds to Street Fighter 6, and then they gave three and a half minutes to the Capcom Fighting Collection coming June 24th to Nintendo Switch, PS5, X, all, all of the consoles and PC. That is a collection of 10 of Capcom's more obscure fighting games in one collection for $40. It's got all five Darkstalkers games, which are really, really underrated fighting gems. And then five games, uh, including Hyper Street Fighter 2, Street Fighter 2 Puzzle League, um, and then three others I can't remember off the top of my head, but two of them I'd never heard of, and they looked really intriguing. Capcom was the king of 2D fighters back in the day, kind of like SNK. Those were the two big companies that did 2D fighters like unbelievably well. And so to get a collection of the more rare and like less sought after, but total cult classic fighting games in one package is really nice. But then after that three and a half minute trailer, again, June 24th, $40, they then gave us the street fighter six teaser where Ryu looks half the size, but twice the width of normal Ryu. And uh, I thought it was the fucking Hulk. (laughs) Very weird looking Ryu. I mean, they're using the Resident Evil engine finally, apparently and reportedly. So it looks good. It just 
I never expect a Street Fighter to have realistic graphics. I always kind of the, the cartoony look, the anime yeah. style was always yeah. kind of my jam with that and leave Mortal Kombat for like the real people look. It's Capcom. But uh, but Street Fighter six got 40 seconds. It got a terrible logo. And uh, all we got after the 40 seconds was more info coming this summer. So, like, you made us wait a fucking week. When you do that. For that? You made us wait for that? Yeah. Like, if they were just to drop the trailer, that's fine. 40-second tease with a promise for more this summer is fine if you were to just drop it. But for you to have the gall to put a week-long, a week-long timer and then only deliver 40-second teaser with just more info this summer to wait at least four more months for information is a little right. You didn't even put platform. Dude, like that was the teaser for the teaser. For real. Like you don't we don't know what, what consoles it's coming to. We don't know if it's still PlayStation exclusive, like Street Fighter 5, timed exclusive. Is it coming to Switch? I mean, Street Fighter 4 came to the Nintendo 3DS. So there's a way they can Jesus. get this game on Switch. Um is it is it uh do, do we have a release window? Is it 2022? You know, do, do we have any idea? We don't know nothing. So I'm sure Cop Capcom will do another E3 time kind of presentation like they did last year. Last year's was a waste. The only thing we got out of it was that they're making village DLC. Maybe this year with Street Fighter, maybe they can show us the village DLC. Maybe they can give us the RE4 um big giant, you know, the remake reveal trailer so maybe capcom will be better this year they have sunbreak coming out for monster hunter maybe a new mega man game who knows but um this was a little disappointing to have 40 seconds after you made us wait yeah. a week i was expecting at least a little bit more yeah the show is something like i i, I trust me i don't want to go through suicide squad trailers all over again like give show us something here Come yeah on. i would agree with that it's just it was a little underwhelming but it's neat to know that street fighter 6 is happening and we decided to rank our top three favorite Street Fighter characters. Sam, take it away. What's your number three? Again, I, I I don't think like the last time I really played Street Fighter was maybe three. Like I definitely didn't play the new one, so I'm definitely more old school on mine. But three, I went with Dalsim. Dalsim? Yeah. I, I feel I like you know. could, pr- I always hear different pronunciations of people's name, which is, which is whatever. Like it don't matter to me. But for me, he was always like, like my cheat code. Just you attack, you'd give him that double fist pump. Toga flame, toga fire, and who knew all you had to do was become a yoga master, and then you become Mister Fantastic. Yeah, who knew? He, he uh, in Street Fighter Two, you're right. The double fist move where he kind of bends over. It was, on che- side. it was the cheat code. It was the cheat code. Jump in the air, just do the long kick. I mean, he didn't do a ton of damage because he had the great range, but and his stage. By the way, his stage was awesome with the elephants in the background yep. and the and that music. I mean, great Bollywood soundtrack for his stage. A uh, really cool fighter. They did a really s- poor job of representing him in the movie, but that yeah. movie is is pretty rough all around. The, that Street Fighter is due for an update for real. Like it's got a great couple of animated films from like the nineties and early two thousand. No, like ninety six, I think, right around when Pokemon really came out. I remember buying the Street Fighter animated movie from. Uh, Oh my God, Suncoast Video, I think it was called. Oh, like, geez. Do you remember those in like the mall? Oh, yeah. Have them? Oh, yeah. Come on. Yeah, they were all really, really, really overpriced, but I bought it from there. And I remember that was a pretty good animated movie, that and the Tekken movie. And so, my number three, I like you and more of an old school Street Fighter fan. I stopped at four, so I never played five, but I also never played like Ultimate Four or anything like that. I had the base game for 360. Yeah. I played it in my dorm room. 
So a lot of my my favorite fighters are more of the old school. And for my number three, I went with my original favorite Street Fighter character as a kid. Uh, maybe not today as much, but my first ever favorite fighter still holds up. I love Ken. Um, oh, I was never a Ryu guy. I was always a Ken guy. Even I, 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 I never met. I don't think I met a guy who liked both. You were either Ken or Ryu. Like there was, it was one or the other. Yeah. And it's kind of like the Scorpion Sub-Zero debate, except at least Scorpion and Sub-Zero have different abilities. These two are clones of each other. Yep. So it's kind of weird, but I always preferred Ken's stage. I preferred Ken's music. I preferred Ken's look. You know, he's got the red gi. His, his alt costume was a beautiful royal blue as opposed to the white gi from Ryu. Um, I like the blonde hair. I like the the kind of the, the tough guy attitude he had. Like, I just preferred him to Ryu, and he was my he was always my main. Or I'm sorry, not always. He was my first ever main. I loved him. He's my first ever like favorite fighter, and so that to me, that sentimental value will have Ken in my number three spot. I mean, again, Ken Ryu, like you can never go wrong because they're the two classics. Plus, Ken, number- plus Ken is in Smash Bros. Oh, true. Good point there. I actually forgot about that. My number two, odd, but I went with Guile. Hmm. I've never met a big Guile fan. Best, I, I, by the way, best stage music of the yeah. in the game. I was that was best music in the game. I, I, I think he was like for me like a, a Johnny Bravo esque with the, the flat hair type. I, I like just I, I don't know what it was. Of I don't know if it was. I don't know what it was about this guy. I don't know if it was his sonic boom that I liked because I felt like I always had to keep people I kind of at a distance because I wasn't really that great at Street Fighter. You know what I mean? People, I mean, again, you know, it, Jean-Claude Van Damme played him, but, you know, it wasn't the greatest. People would spam the sonic boom. I hate the yeah. sonic boom spammers. I mean, for a little bit, I was one. But yeah. uh, boy, howdy. I did not like those people, but Guile is the best music in any game for any Street Fighter. Like and craziest haircut, it's iconic. And <laughs> you know when you have Jean Claude Van Damme playing, you, yep. you know you're in a good spot. Uh, my number two is Akuma. Um, mm. I love nice. Akuma, and you know how I even found Akuma was um, in the early 2000s, just as like the internet was gaining super popularity. Uh, I had Street Fighter as a kid on Genesis and I played it and I beat it and all that good stuff, but I had the base Street Fighter 2 game. I wasn't really into Turbo or Hyper Fighter or anything like that, and I was more of a Mortal Kombat kid at that point. And so when Yu Yu Hakusho hit Adult Swim and started getting into syndication, I started watching it because you had brought over the DVDs. Yeah, And I remember getting into... Uh, the first season, which is still my favorite season of Yu Hakusho. And one of the original bosses is Goki. Um, I think he's like, not bosses, one of the original villains in the show. He like works oh, with, 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 he, with he and Karama. Yep. Yeah, yep. he's one of the three bandits and his name is Goki. And so I asked Jeeves, by the way, that search engine, uh, back in the day, I went into ask Jeeves and I typed in Goki. And what came up was Akuma. Because I guess Yu Yu just wasn't super popular, and in Japan Akuma is Goki. That's his. That's his name in Japan. So he came up, and I was like, "Who the fuck is this?" I thought it was like Evil Ryu or something like that, because he has this. He's the same ninja style, has a gi on, but it's all shredded up. He's got red hair. He's a demon. And I come to find that in in Super Street Fighter Two Turbo, he's a secret boss. So I did a little bit more digging, a little bit more digging, 
And then I just got fascinated by this Akuma character who came in. And when Street Fighter 4 hit, and he was a playable character, I think you had to unlock him. I'm not sure. But he was unstoppable for me. He wasn't my main because I felt like it was cheat codes. But nobody in my dorm room could touch me, man. We had quarter battles in my dorm room with like Lanky and Elijah and John Mayo and Ryan Cunningham and you know Marco and all those dudes. Just like endless fun with Street Fighter 4. I, I tore up that place with Akuma. And he has such a big lore behind him that he's so fascinating. And he's just stuck with me as an unbelievably important character in the Street Fighter lore. I, you can't go wrong. He was a beast. My number one is, again, it's it's classic. Uh, it's Ryu. Uh, it, it's That's the guy, Hadouk, and everything. I I don't know. When I was younger, I was in karate. I did karate for two, three years. So to wear, you know, I had to wear that white gi he wore. Obviously, I didn't, I didn't have a cool red headband like he had, but... Um, only one thing I didn't want to make note of is, well, two things. The one they gave him a different fighting stance in, uh, Street Fighter two to kind of inspired by Bruce Lee's fighting style and enter the dragon. I thought that was an interesting, uh, change and that the character Ryu was actually based on a real guy. His name was Mas Oyama, who was a 10th degree black belt. And I just saw what I just, let me, let me read you what he, what he did. He was known for fighting bulls barehanded he battled 52 bulls over the course of his lifetime supposedly cutting off the horns and killing three instantly with one strike earning him the nickname god hand i was like holy shit i i, I never as a kid i never knew he was based off a, a real person 10 10 uh, degree black belt and to hear defeat stuff like that but i don't know as a kid ryu was my guy again it was either i think you're 10 or ryu and i was hadouken that's my boy. My number one, not only was my main in Street Fighter 2, my main in Street Fighter 4. So that earned him that. Never my favorite in 2. Like I said, it was Ken, 4, Akuma. But like he was always my main. I've always been best with him. Not only that, but he has such an incredible uh, importance to the naming conventions in Street Fighter 4. I'm sorry, Street Fighter of the characters. And also just one of the coolest like you couldn't get away with that nowadays, but you could in the 90s when no one gave a shit. Uh, Balrog is my absolute favorite Street Fighter wow. character. I know. It's weird. A guy who never used his foot in any game. He just punches. Yeah, I would, um, have, never, I would have never guessed that. It's your favorite. So a clear ripoff of Mike Tyson, right? Like we all know mm-hmm. that, and, and that's as clear as day. And I'm a huge Punch-Out fan. Number one game I won back in this world is a Punch-Out game. And so I've always kind of been a draw into boxing. I've loved boxing my whole life. So you give me a character that doesn't use his feet and like Ryu and Ken, they are feet guys. Like they are karate masters. So they use or martial art masters. So like they use feet and hands and they have the spin kick and all that cool stuff and and all that. So like you give me Balrog who only punches and it's like a neat little, even when he jumps, he doesn't kick in the air. He punches downward. It's like, it was just a neat thing that I wanted to master this boxer. But the coolest part about it was when you think about street fighter, it's made in Japan. Obviously when it comes over to America, the names have to change a little bit. They were localized this, that, and the other. And what the, what Japan and street fighter originally wanted to do with, with Balrog was name him Mike Bison. Oh my God. But they figured that that might be kind of tricky, right? With Mike Tyson, a pretty legal liability. So what did they do? Well, they took Mike Bison and they made it M Bison. And now you have the name for your overall villain. Oh my God. So Balrog 
without Balrog, there would be no M. Bison. At least his name wouldn't be M. Bison. And think I, about I, how I had no idea. That's and, crazy. And think about how well M. Bison fits that character. Like it just the name Perfect. just fits really well. I don't know where Balrog came from. I don't know like what it means or or anything like that. So I don't know that. But I love how his original name. They changed it for legal reasons, but still kept it in the game somehow. And they gave it to the overarching villain of the original games. I just think that's such a neat thing. So for all of those reasons, Balrog is my number one favorite character of Street Fighter. I freaking love that. Out of nowhere. We're getting a 14-minute Pokemon Presents this Sunday on Pokemon Day. Yeah, temper your expectations, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I got into a a fun little text conversation this morning with some friends on WhatsApp about this. Excuse me. And uh, I'd said, don't expect anything big because it's a Sunday. And even if you say, well, it's Monday in Japan, that's fine. They care a lot more about their American audience because the sales do 10 to one than they do in Japan. So from like a presentation standpoint, yeah, they want to appease Japan, but America's a real audience. That's why Nintendo directs take place at five o'clock in the afternoon. It's like seven in the morning in Japan. So uh, I just, I, I see, I saw somebody like actually say no sarcasm in their voice, man. I, I'm really expecting and I hope for Pokemon legends, Arceus DLC. I'm hoping for a gen nine announcement and some other stuff. And I'm like asking for the sun and the moon. Uh, you are about to be disappointed. My friend, don't go into this with literally any expectation of any of those things. I wouldn't expect Legends Arceus DLC. I would definitely not expect Gen 9. I don't expect Gen 9. I'm thinking play. maybe some Pokemon Snap DLC. They and But they gave us that. I, I don't know what else they could do. They gave us like four new courses I, I, with new Pokemon in them. I, I don't even know if that's a thing. Uh, you know, it's a Sunday here. The, the IGN doesn't have their A team working on Sunday. You know what I mean? They, they, these news <laughs> outlets... These news outlets that cover the shit won't have their top tier talent. This is something if you're going to drop Gen 9, you don't do it on a Sunday when no news outlet's going to be around to fully cover it. You do it on a weekday where you know they're going to be staffed and can get the stories out and people will care. This is a Sunday. No one's going to be trolling news sites and things like it's just not going to make as much of an impact. So for them to choose Sunday is red flag number one. Red flag number two is it's only a month after Legends Arceus's release. If you announce DLC for that, I'm going to be pissed because it should have just been in the main game. Why the hell are we getting, even if it's free, what the hell are you doing? So I could see maybe an event like, hey, we're going to give away this mythical Pokemon in the game for a week. I don't know. You have to do these three things and then you get access to, I don't know what Pokemon. Hooper. I only think like, more Pokemon coming soon. I mean, what? What? what it, it's so fast. Like, what? What? It's, you're right. Like, what else could it be? I, I don't even see like a batch of Pokemon either because it's this is a Gen Four game. They have Gen Four Pokemon in there. There's nothing else they could add except for legendaries and mythicals. So, like, if you want to have Hoopa because it's a time travel thing, Hoopa's big, big time travel mythical. Um, Meltan. Something like that, like a newer mythical from maybe some of the new games, X and Y, Sun and Moon, stuff like that. I could see hopefully not the beasts. Those things fucking suck. The ultra beasts, but maybe something like that. Hey, for two weeks, if you do these little in-game events, you can get access to a Hoopa and you can catch it or whatever. That's like the biggest thing I would expect from like those games. I don't expect Gen 9 till 2023. So I think that's out too, especially because it's a Sunday, but. 
this presentation is 14 minutes long. That's like giving me some pause. Like what the frig are they going to talk about for that long? You know, some Pokemon presents start off with some like five minute video about the entire history. I don't think we're getting one of those. So I really wonder what they're going to talk about. I'm sure they'll talk about masters and cafe remix and unite for sure. They'll talk about unite and they'll talk about what a hit legends Arceus has been. But what about brilliant diamond shining pearl? Maybe we get something there like a new Pokemon drop, like a bunch of them or platinum DLC or something. Maybe, maybe I don't have expectations for it, but I could see something like that. Them Cause that game sold almost 20 million already. So you do want to support the people that play that title. So yeah, uh, maybe I could see that they're probably going to tell us that Pokemon home is available for these games. So we can finally transfer our new Pokemon from legends into home and use them in other games. I could see that being a thing. I could see detective Pikachu two coming to switch this year with the first game from three DS, maybe remastered for switch or something. You can see something like that, but I could see another wacky wild spinoff side game that we never thought we needed, but all of a sudden absolutely have to have, I can see something like that, but I definitely don't see anything big. So please temper your expectations. I wonder what 14 minutes is going to cover, but at the same time, don't think it's anything like gen nine. Maybe I'm wrong. I kind of don't want to be wrong because like, I don't want gen nine right now. I'm, I'm good on giving it a break for a little bit. Uh, give me a year off from Pokemon. I'm fine with that. Just please don't overhype this. Just don't do it to yourself. You're going to be disappointed. We got our first look at PlayStation VR two. And it looks fine. You still saw, got a right? cable. You still got a cable. One, yeah, one single cable as opposed to the four or five or whatever it was for the other ones. It's it looks fine. The controllers are more in line with what VR controllers are, like with the Quest and stuff like yeah. that. Like it, like wrap you like almost insert your hands into the circle and it kind of wraps around your hand to be more of like a fist looking deal as opposed to the fucking motion, the PS3 Move controllers or the PS4 Move yeah. controllers. Those were embarrassing. They were Wiimotes with giant light bulbs at the end. It was. They were ugly. So this works a little bit more for me. The headset's a little smaller. It looks a little sleeker. Like you said, just one cord. I, I mean, I, I still think I'm out. I still think I'm out. I VR just, it just don't do it for me. I just don't know how you could get away with if the original PSVR launched at $399. And that was with all the cords and the, you know, the motion the 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 ps3 motion controls whatever i said they were called i forget and like all that how can this be that same price because this is all the new tech and all these custom controllers and all that stuff with one cable a sleek design you it has vents so you don't fog them up like how is this not going to be 500 bucks the same as a ps5 i just don't understand how it's going to launch we don't know the price yet to me this is going to launch at 499 maybe 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 449 but I think I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. To me, if it's more than three ninety nine, it's a mistake. It, and I don't disagree. And I think Sony's sending it out to die. Um, if it is five hundred bucks, because it's literally the same price as a PS. Save the tech. Go make some more PS fives. <sighs> Boy, I just hope that they have more than Horizon, Call of the Mountain, and Moss Two, because it's going to need some help. I mean, yeah. you had Batman VR, you had Iron Man VR, and PSVR is kind of a forgotten thing. So give us something substantial, maybe Resident Evil Village in VR, because Resident Evil 7 came to VR. So I could see something like that would be a really cool killer app to have. 
But if you don't give me multiple, not just one, because VR games are short, multiple reasons to get this at launch, I'm going to respectfully pass. Yeah, same. Call of Duty is reportedly skipping 2023. Activision Blizzard basically denied it. Uh, They said that something I'm paraphrasing, but like any uh, allegations that our release schedule has changing are wildly false, like something like that. So they like did their best PR speak to say it, but to me where there's smoke call of duty needs a break in the worst way. There is no franchise that could use a year off more besides Madden. So like that battlefield, I think they all need a year off battlefield to, to be fair. Battlefield takes multiple years off between games. They just, their games just stink. They also, uh, they just had a, a flop of a new game. That's yeah. Right. 2042 is a, a shit storm. Um, EA came out and said, like, it's not good. They blamed Halo, which was just the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, make a better game. Take take it on the chin. Don't blame. Don't point your fingers. But I think Call of Duty, it's been out every single year since 2008, I think. Like, it just needs some time to breathe. And I think this is good because the Activision Blizzard Microsoft deal will go through in 2023. So, like, give it some time. Come back stronger in 2024. I can. And also, remember, Xbox was like, we're going to honor our agreements like if that agreement is a year thing and it ends in 2023 you can start fresh and there's just a whole bunch of reasons why this is a good thing i'm also perfectly fine for one year without call of duty dominating the charts every month on npd because it's not it'll be on nintendo it's getting old yeah i know right that's funny like out of the top 20 like 12 of them are on it's fucking nuts New details have reportedly leaked about Project Spartacus. Yeah, Project Spartacus is the Game Pass version for PlayStation, and the details aren't great. They're not great. And uh, at least from a pricing standpoint, not great. And so this is coming from Jeff Grubb, and uh, he admits that it's speculation, but it's an educated speculation. So he believes there will be three tiers. One, which is basically just PS now, which they offer kind of what they do now for like 10 bucks a month. Then a second tier that gives you a little bit more. And then the third tier, the premium tier is where you get like all the classic games, which sounds great. The classic games is what everybody wants. The PS1, PS2, PSP, PS3, all that stuff. That's what I want. That's what I'll be paying for. No matter what the price is, I'm going to get it just because I kind of have to. Got to see how it is. But... 16 bucks a month is the rumored price, which is a dollar more than Game Pass. And that's fine if you because PlayStation does admittedly have a much richer first party history than Microsoft does. So if I'm paying for the classics, that doesn't bother me so much. But the one thing Game Pass does, which, by the way, is cheaper at 15 bucks a month, Game Pass releases day one, all Xbox exclusives included in the price. And you get Xbox Live for that money. So if PlayStation, if I still have to pay $60 a year for PS Plus, and then on top of that $16 a month for a service that is only old games, because apparently there will be no first-party PlayStation games at launch to the service like Game Pass does. For example, God of War, well, I'll still have to buy that at $70 full price. Um, th- that doesn't sit well with me. There is apparently going to be game trials, so like a demo, but I don't need a demo for God. I'm going to fucking buy it. So like that doesn't appeal to me. So if I'm going to pay more money than Game Pass for less content and no first party launch software, that's a bit of a red flag. So if you're into it now, again, 
This is an educated speculation yeah. from somebody we trust, but nothing official by Sony. That's why I said reportedly and leaked as opposed to a concrete hey, story. You just take it with a grain of salt. I, I don't think going in, going higher than Game Pass is a good idea. Especially, no, I, without, especially without day one first party software. That yeah, I, th- I think maybe at a nine ninety nine. I feel like that's a perfect starting price, and, and then go and then you know work from there. Even like twelve ninety nine, like even something like that, like Hulu pricing for the top tier. Like Hulu does seven yeah. bucks a month, but you get ads. ads you yeah. double, you know, you go to thirteen, you get no ads. That's kind of like this. At ten bucks a month, you get you know these select new titles or whatever. But at thirteen bucks a month, three dollars more. Here's three hundred old games. Like that's appealing. But to say it's more money than Game Pass is is a little disheartening. We'll figure out the the full pricing. I have an idea. I think. Well, Jeff Grubb also believes that it's going to be announced in February. I, I it could be. I don't see that happening. I think we're going to get a state of play in March, potentially April. That could be pretty decent size, um, and that's where this will be. So I think we'll get this before April, before yeah. Easter. I'll say before Easter we'll get. This. I would say March sounds about right. Give us a little more tease of God of War. Give us the price point and kind of what Project Spartacus is. Yeah, and I would think like Call of Duty or not Call of Duty, like Naughty Dog's next thing that that multiplayer game factions. The last that one last thing I love. Ooh. Um, something like that. We don't know Sony's 2022 yet. Really, we really don't. After Horizon and Gran Turismo, it's kind of up in the air. So we do need a release schedule for the investors and for the fans. So I'm thinking March is where we'll get something there. And so that's fine. And and Spartacus will be announced, I believe fully. I don't know what it'll be called. Um, But again, if I still have to pay $60 on top of that to get PS plus, I think now we're getting, we're getting real confused with it. I hope that PS plus is included in the price, much like Xbox live is included in game pass ultimate. So I, I hope that that's a thing. I hope it's not super confusing. The game trials thing isn't great because um, I don't need game trials. I know some people do, but it's just it's just weird. Give me if you give me the bouncer, I'm I'm in. Uh, I want to play you're that. A simple man, the please. I love that. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to find out more for for sure, and I think that'll be relatively soon. And the last story we have in gaming, we have a listener question. Yeah, thank you so much. We say it all the time, like. You know, write to us uh, in your, you know, to our DMs or shoot us a message on our Facebook wall or tweet at us any questions you have. And somebody took advantage of that. So we, you know, we'd be remiss to say, do it. And then we'll say we're reading on the air. And then we don't, (laughs) we don't do it. So uh, Justin Robinson, thank you so much for writing to us. He asks, figured here would be a good place to ask. I just finished Legends Arceus and I want to go back to the Zelda series. Do I go right into Breath of the Wild? Do I go for Skyward Sword? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Or do I go for Skyward Sword? I had started Skyward Sword back in the Wii era, but never completed it. Regardless, my pipeline looks like Breath of the Wild, Skyward Sword, Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity. Like, where should I start? Uh, it's a good question because technically, if you're like me and you want to start always at like the first thing, Skyward Sword is the first ever Zelda game on the timeline. It's the first iteration of Link. So that's probably a good place to start. The HD remake does a lot of good things, the switch version, but you're also talking to a man who thinks breath of the wild is the second greatest game ever made. So I'd also kind of be remiss to say, start there. I think breath of the wild is the type of game where you could love every second of it. 
even if you've never played a Zelda game before. And that's kind of where I'm at. I never finished a Zelda game before I finished Breath of the Wild. Since then, I finished three more Zelda games, um, unless you want to count the one on NES growing up. But Breath of the Wild, you might not get every reference. You might not understand every villager or the connections to the other games or some of the item descriptions, but it doesn't take away from the fun and the lore of exploring that world and finding shrines and towers and enemies and weapons and all of that. I spent 75 hours on Breath of the Wild. I rolled credits and it told me I was only 17% complete for the game. Jesus, It's a massive title. I don't think you could go wrong starting with either one, but because you can enjoy Breath of the Wild to its fullest extent without ever having to beat a Zelda game before, I would recommend starting with Breath of the Wild, especially because we're getting a sequel soon. And if you don't beat it soon, you're going to be fucking waiting a little longer. So like beat it now so you can play Breath of the Wild too when that drops within the next calendar year or so. So Justin, thank you very much for the question. If you have a question or an inquiry, please put it on our Facebook wall, tweet it at us, DM us, whatever. Um, I put a challenge out there last week at the end of the episode for the people that still listen. And that person has not come forward yet. So I've, I've caught you in the act. You don't listen <laughs> to the end of the show. No, I, I kid, I kid. Uh, Sam, bring us home with your weekly water. Weekly water this week is, is not a sealed game. It is a complete inbox. Um, I got this as a placeholder because I only ever seen two other sealed copies in existence and both owners are not selling it. So this week we have Batman the Animated Series for the Game Boy. Came out in 1993. This is a 8-0. The box is a 7-5. The cart is an 8-5. The manual is a 9-2. And an overall grade of an 8.0, which I am perfectly happy for. Consider now that I'm seeing kind of ungraded rolls go for like 700 plus, which is kind of crazy. This was based on the 1993 TV, the 93 animated series that started my love for Batman. Um, this is a little side-scrolling game. It has five levels. All Each level is based around a villain. First level, the Joker. The second one, Mr. Freeze and Scarecrow. The third, Poison Ivy and Catwoman. Fourth, Penguin and the Riddler. And the fifth is the Joker again. Um, it would actually reviewed fairly well. Uh, I saw GameStrope gave it a 15 out of 20. And Nintendo Power gave it a 14.5 out of 20. I, I searched for game sales, but I couldn't find anything. I don't know. I feel like this one and the... The one I did last week, Beyblade, Letter Rip, I just couldn't find sales. Like I, I looked everywhere. I couldn't find anything, so I didn't want to you know, make up some numbers. So I have no idea what it sold for, um, a game that I hope one day to find sealed. But this was you know, the anime that started for me. The, the game, I only played a little bit growing up. Pokemon or Game Boy for me was mainly Pokemon. I, I only drifted out of very few games, but it was one I played a little bit of. But this was one of the... I wanted my, my own little personal goal for myself was to get every sealed game that had to do with Batman, the animated series. So between this one and um, one UK version of uh, the adventures of Batman and Robin, they're the two I have CIB because I'm pretty sure sealed copies just don't exist. But when I get them back from WADA, <laughs> I will, I will show them off. I cannot wait to get, get them back in hand. 
But until then, I think this displays, displays beautifully. So happy to have Batman the Animated Series for the Game Boy, Nintendo Game Boy in the collection. Nice, everybody. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Almost two hours this week. We're back around that 90 to, uh, 90 to an hour 45 time range. So appreciate you hanging out with us next week. I already know there's a couple things dropping in the next week that we're going to be able to talk about that I'm excited to share. So can't wait. We'll talk to everybody. See you next week for episode 273. Congratulations.